Starting a business involves plenty of risk, especially since so many people don't even know where to begin. However, if it's done correctly, there are greater benefits than just turning a profit. Many times people look at their community and they see a problem and they feel disempowered to do anything about it. The entrepreneur sees the problem and once you learn how to think in a certain way, you're able to frame the problem in such a way that a business could potentially solve the problem or part of the problem. Hi everyone, thanks for checking out Moving Up the Ladder on LJN Radio. Steve Mariotti founded Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship as he saw teaching people how to become entrepreneurs as the key way to help themselves, their community, and the entire country in the long haul. Now Steve joins me to talk about those key components as well as how he came to all of these conclusions in his book, An Entrepreneur's Manifesto. Thanks for coming on the show, Steve. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Now, we're here, obviously, to talk about the book, and with that, a lot of the insight that you can offer up to those that are listening today. I guess the first question is, as far as the Entrepreneur's Manifesto goes, what is the main focus of the book? What are you really trying to get across for the readers? I wrote the book because I am 63 years old, and I've been working as an entrepreneurial educator since I was, um, since 1980. And I wanted to pass on to younger generations the basic uh, principles that I've learned at, in the hopes that they'll be able to use them and have a better life. Um, the book is basically an argument that most problems in the world can be solved through the entrepreneurial process, through markets, hmm. and that every human being should learn how to start a small business because at one time or another, you may have to do that to make your living. Even if you don't want to go into small business, you may be forced to. And so I basically wrote it as a plea to younger people to learn how to start a business. So if they have a tragedy in their life or they're working for a boss that doesn't like them or they're doing uh, a career that they hate or they just have to uh, – make more money, um, and that they, they learn the basic skills at the youngest age possible. Now, one of the things I saw was that you see entrepreneurialism uh, and even just selling a product or service in and of itself as being a revolutionary act. Can you explain that for our listeners? Absolutely. When someone starts a business, they're basically saying to themselves subconsciously that they're creating their own world, their own interaction with the world. Mm -hmm. They have total control over that space, their business. And if they do it right and people are buying their product at a profit, they can continue indefinitely. Um, if they mess it up, like you know we've all done, then you end up using up more resources then you're being compensated for and the business doesn't last. Changing the world and having an impact on your local community, I think the most politically active thing you can do to actually have an impact on your community is to start a business. I think it's a very, very beautiful thing and uh, is should be part of every democracy and every uh, school should include it as part of the civics program because 
many times people look at their community and they see a problem and they feel disempowered to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. The entrepreneur sees the problem. And once you learn how to think in a certain way, you're able to frame the problem in such a way that a business could potentially solve the problem or part of the problem. And I think that's a really beautiful way to empower people, both subconsciously and consciously. Sure. You know, we hear a lot of time people talking about, uh, you know, I, I want to get into business. I want to have a startup. I want to be my own boss. We hear those phrases a lot. But um, as you know, so many of these individuals fail and many don't even get anything started. Uh, what would you attribute the main issues to that problem as far as people not even being able to get anything going to start? Uh, we've all been there. It's a, it's a very frustrating, very, very difficult um, situation. I've seen it hundreds of times, thousands of times um, in my career. Um, you know, the a lot of times people who would be very good in small business and have identified a problem won't start because they don't have capital. Either they were born poor or they've uh, had an illness or they've had an unsuccessful uh business venture or we can go on and on, mm -hmm. health issue, whatever. What I advise people is to join the local business community. And everywhere in the world uh, that I've traveled to, the local business community loves people to come into it. You, you Rotary, you go to the Lions Clubs meetings, uh, you even can found your own entrepreneurship club you try to identify in your community, if it's a small town, large city, village, it doesn't matter. There will always be a group of women and men that are the business leaders mm -hmm. and, and are in self-employment. And my experience is that if you join that community and meet regularly with them and ask them for help, and show them the opportunity that they will back you in return for owning some of the profits. That's how most small businesses start. And I think it's a very beautiful thing and that people should view it as an opportunity. It forces you to build an advisory board, to, to go ask people for help, mm -hmm. to meet the top business people in your uh neighborhood and in the field that you want to go into. Business is always about multiple teams and sharing. And uh, once you enter that thought process, it changes everything. It really is very empowering. I think you hit a nail on the head there as far as, um, you know, communicating with people who are in the know and, and have the knowledge. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are almost unsure of where to go or where to turn when they're looking to start. And I think uh, a lot of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's where you came in as far as looking to get into teaching. And you've been doing that, obviously, for a long time as well. One of the things that stood out was a note that said you felt at-risk youth had an aptitude for entrepreneurship. Why do you see that, or, or how did you come across that being a factor in your teaching? You know, I noticed it right away. I got mugged in 1981, and I had what's called post-traumatic stress disorder, 
which is like torture. You have, when something bad happens to you, it can actually damage your psyche, and you have constant flashbacks about the incident. Hmm. And it's the worst thing that ever happened to me was the, you know, the flashbacks. And I went to the doctor, uh, Dr. Albert Ellis, and he said, oh, we can cure that easily. And what I want you to do is go teach in very difficult schools. So I went to Rikers Island. They had a high school there. to uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant, some very difficult neighborhoods uh, in New York City, and would find the schools that were having the worst uh, worst go of it. And I would, you know, say I'd like to be a special ed teacher, and and work with the kids that were having the most problems. And within a month, I realized that I was in a community of small business people, and each kid had something they could do well, whether it be car repair or fixing uh, bikes or delivery services. They had a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. They, many of them had, had reading or math problems, but when they were in business, they were able to do the math and get by with the reading. And that was in 1981, and I really made it my whole career is – focusing on working with low-income children. And I think it's a, I think it's going to be a huge renaissance if we learn how to expand these programs. I found an organization called the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. But we've got a great CEO, Sean Osborne, and we're in a lot of cities, and we've graduated 700,000 kids from our programs. Wow. And uh, my dream, my call for action in an entrepreneur's manifesto is that every child in the world learns the basic principles of starting a business before they graduate from high school. Hmm. And I think if we could do that, that over a decade or a generation, we would see multiple breakthroughs in this horrible dilemma of poverty. Poverty is many ways the worst war of all and people in poverty are exploited in so many ways they're the ones that are recruited to be terrorists recruited to uh, the worst jobs the uh, the health issues that people in poverty go through are just mind-boggling uh, it's 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 if we could eliminate poverty in a generation, which I think we can do through a mass education program on, on small business. And um, it, it would just be a wonderful thing. And one by one, other problems would fall. I think a lot of uh, health issues that have been created by poverty, mm-hmm. uh, dirty water, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, would uh, gradually fall away. And I think we live in a much better world. So clearly you have seen, at least in recent decades, um, would you argue that entrepreneurship has gone down? It's It hasn't had the positive impact you would hope for and maybe not helped in as much regard as you're trying to make it work uh, moving forward. Well, first of all, we're in a much better place than we were uh, in the 60s. In um, up until 79, 1979, there was no college where you could major 
in uh, uh, entrepreneurship. Okay. Now there's almost 3,000. Hmm. So by that measurement, we're doing much, much better. Sure. Um, the word entrepreneur and the career path of being an entrepreneur, a small business person, uh, is much more acceptable than when I was a kid. Um, in the 60s, if you said you wanted to be go into business, small business, people looked at you funny. You were a <laughs> failure or an oddball. It has totally changed thanks to, you know, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and these other heroes that that made it as uh, acceptable to want to start a business and grow it and build it and thank God they were successful. Um, so that's a huge positive. A negative that we really as a nation and world have to confront is that the tax codes of the world, particularly in America, are uh, bizarre. <laughs> um, nobody really understands them. Um, uh, they're written basically for the very, very rich who then use uh, their lawyers and accountants to manipulate it. Um, I, w- I would say the number one cause of uh, poverty in America, and people are shocked when I say this, but I think I'm right, is this uh, in- insanity of a tax code that we have combined with thousands of regulations that have nothing to do with health and safety, but rather are there to prevent newcomers from going into business. Hmm. And I just find I just find that unethical and wrong. And ultimately it limits our country, limits our world by keeping a lot of people that would be very good in, in business and help solve problems and create wealth and make the pie bigger by keeping them on the sideline and jeepers a lot of them end up going in the drug industry and now we've got two million young men who are in prison 85 percent of them for non-violent uh, crimes and um, then when they come out they can't get jobs because their resumes are ruined hmm. so with just some very very minor changes uh entrepreneurship universally taught in the schools uh a a a changing perspective on on how to handle addiction so that people uh don't go to prison for it but rather are are helped in other ways and a a massive reform of the tax code where it's simple fair and people can understand it in two minutes and find a postcard and you send it in and maybe it's a flat tax um, and then making it a federal offense to pass a regulation that is protective that is only being done to protect existing industry um, I just find that the most reprehensible thing and it keeps many people that are poor in poverty through no fault of their own. Well, Steve, and we can certainly tell the passion you have for this subject. 
obviously the knowledge and insight you bring to us as well. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting up against the clock here. I just wanted to give you the floor last 30 seconds or so. What would you want to leave the listeners with as far as looking at entrepreneurship, looking at small business, and possibly what they could do to help moving forward? Well, I highly recommend uh, Nifty's program that I I founded um, E7, and it's www.nfte.com. It's a nonprofit, and they exist to help people that are young and don't have a lot of capital to learn about business. The philosophical book that we're talking about today is called An Entrepreneur's Manifesto, and the philosophy of keeping markets open and healthy uh, is the case I make in that book. But all my other books are how-to books, how to start a small business without any money and grow it. That's my, been my specialty for 35 years. So I really appreciate being on the show. If anybody wants to reach me directly, they can email me at stevemariotti at gmail.com. Terrific stuff, Steve. And yes, uh, lots of terrific information out there. And uh, we do hope that people take advantage and kind of become part of the movement that Steve has been driving for a number of years now. So thanks a lot for coming on the show. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. You, you're welcome. I had a ball. Thanks. That is all the time we have for today on Moving Up the Ladder and our conversation with Steve Mariotti, founder of Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. If you have any feedback on this or any of our episodes, send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. You can also check out all of our shows on localjobnetwork.com slash resources or find them in the iTunes store as well. Both places completely free for you. Thanks once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.